All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here, along with Dan from Georgia. Today is January 14th already, and this is Eurofolk Radio, Genesis to Revelation. A couple of real quick announcements. Yeah, I heard it's snowing in North and probably also in South Carolina. Isn't global warming wonderful? So, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) And... uh, I did the show solo last weekend. I only did two chapters, Chronicles 16 and 17. And we're going to pick up with Chronicles chapter, First Chronicles chapter 18 today. But a couple of quick announcements. Number one, uh, the, my fourth edition of The Great Impersonation is almost ready. Uh, it's being published by Money Tree Publishing, Dave Gehari, who actually owns... Uh, the uh, other website that Paul English is running, uh, Speak Free Radio, he actually owns that facility, and uh, he's publishing my book. And we just got, we did about six months of editing and typesetting and proofing, and it's ready. It's ready. It's just a matter of putting the book out there and uh, taking orders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're ready for that. And by the way, uh, Amazon just canceled. My Kindle account. So uh, the Great Impersonation was available online from Amazon, and uh, the uh, unfortunately the sales spiked since I was on Caravan to Midnight for about four appearances over a period of two months, two or three months, and uh, the the sales quadrupled or quintupled. In that time, and so Amazon took notice. Hey, people are buying this. What is this? <laughs> right? So the day after, uh, David Gehari said, okay, we're done. We're, getting, we're sending this to the typesetter, and we're going to print it. Okay, so the day after that, I got a notice from Amazon that they canceled my Kindle account. So anyway, but fortunately, the book is going to be available in print uh, very, very soon. All right, so the other thing is, I won't be around this Sunday because I will be, actually, uh, for vo- uh, Voice of Christian Israel, I will be able to do Bloodlines, and I will be able to do Restoration Hour tonight, but that'll be from Missouri. But we have a meeting at noon uh, in Missouri, and there's just no way I can uh, do Voice of Christian Israel and attend the meeting at the same time. So, no Voice of Christian Israel, but everything else is good to go for this weekend. So, uh, Brother Dan, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, okay. First Chronicles chapter 18. Okay. Did you want to read something from Chronicles 17? Oh, right. Yes. Quick? Thanks for reminding me because uh, chapter 18 starts out with, uh, after all these things were completed, <laughs> right? So, so what's that talking about? Well, it's a reference back to chapter 17. But very important statement here, First Chronicles 17, 21, uh, and what one nation in the earth is like thy people Israel? This is Yahweh talking to David. Whom God went to redeem to be his own people, to make thee a name of greatness and terribleness by driving out nations from before thy people, whom thou hast redeemed out of Egypt. For thy people Israel didst thou make thine own people. For I guess this is uh, David talking to Yahweh. 
forever, and thou, O Yahweh, becamest their God. So, in other words, David is acknowledging the covenant that Yahweh made with Israel in chapter 17, and there's actually uh, in chapter 17 also a repeat of the statement in 2 Samuel 7.10, which states, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. So this is clearly a prophecy because this was stated to David in Palestine that the Israelites will be moved and will be planted in a place that of their own and move no more. Well, that's the Israel nations of today. But we are still being afflicted by the children of wickedness. Folks, that's about to end really soon. Okay. All right. Back to you. Chapter 18, please. Okay. Chapter 18. Now, after this, it came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them and took Gath and her towns out of the hand of the Philistines. And he smote Moab and the Moabites became David's servants and brought gifts. And David smote Hadarezer, king of Zobah, unto Hamath, as he went to establish his dominion by the river Euphrates. And David took from him a thousand chariots and seven thousand horsemen and twenty thousand footmen. David also huffed all the chariot horses, but reserved of them a hundred chariots. And when the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadarezer, king of Zobah, David slew of the Syrians two and twenty thousand men. Then David put garrisons in Syria, Damascus, and the Syrians became David's servants and brought gifts. Thus, Yahweh preserved David whithersoever he went. Okay, now the Syrians were the descendants of Shem. Okay, they were Aramans. And so these people he would not want to exterminate. Uh, you know, like the, the order to exterminate the Canaanites. So, and in the past, the uh, Syrians, Arameans, and the Israelites were sometimes on good ter- terms, sometimes on bad terms. But they were our kinsmen, our racial kinsmen. Back to you. Verse 7 And David took the shields of gold that were on the servants of Hadarezer and brought them to Jerusalem. Likewise, from Tibnath, Tibhath, and from Chun, cities of Hadarezer. David brought very much brass, wherewith Solomon made the brazen sea, and the pillars, and the vessels of brass. Now when Tu, king of Hamath, heard how David had smitten all the host of Hadarezer, king of Zobah, he sent to Hadaram, his son, to King David, to inquire of his welfare, and to congratulate him, because he had fought against Hadarezer and had smitten him. For Hadarezer had war with Tu and with him all manner of vessels of gold and silver and brass. Them also King David dedicated unto Yahweh with the silver and the gold that he brought from all these nations, from Edom and from Moab and from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines and from Amalek. Moreover, Abishai, the son of Zeruah, slew of the Edomites in the valley of Salt 18,000. And he put garrisons in Edom, and all the Edomites became David's servants. Thus, Yahweh preserved David whithersoever he went. <clears throat> okay, so is, this, David, is this possibly where uh, Uriah the Hittite got his uh, appellation, the Hittite? Was he one of the garrison leaders uh, controlling the Hittites? Possibly. We don't know. Okay, David's administration. 
um, verse 14. So David reigned over all Israel and executed judgment and justice among all his people. And Joab, the son of Zeruah, was over the host. And Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, recorder. And Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Abimelech, the son of Abiathar, (laughs) were the priests. And Shavshah was scribe. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And the sons of David were chief about the king. Okay. I didn't do very well with all these Hebrew names last week. (laughs) So so I'm glad you're (laughs) doing it again. Yeah, right. (laughs) Chapter 19. Now it came to pass after this that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, died, and his son reigned in his stead. And David said, I will show kindness unto Hanun, the son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. And David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father. So the servants of David came into the land of the children of Ammon to Hanun to comfort him. But the princes of the children of Ammon said to Hanun, Thinkest thou that David does honor thy father, that he sends comforters unto thee? Are not his servants come unto thee for to search and to overthrow and to spy out the land. Wherefore, Hanan took David's servants and shaved them and cut off their garments in the midst hard by their buttocks and Ooh. sent them away. Oh, then oh. shaming them. Certain. Shaming them. How dare he? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and told David how the men were served. And he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Tarry at Jericho until your beards be grown, and then return. And when the children of Ammon saw that they had made themselves odious to David, Hanan and the children of Ammon sent a thousand talents of silver to hire them chariots and horsemen out of Mesopotamia, and out of Syria, Maaca, and out of Zobah. So they hired thirty and two thousand chariots, and the king of Maaca and his people who came and pitched before Medeba. And the children of Ammon gathered themselves together from their cities and came to battle. And when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the host of the mighty men. And the children of Ammon came out and put the battle in array before the gate of the city. And the kings that were come were there were by themselves in the field. Okay. Now, when uh, uh, It's interesting. Where did these... Uh, uh... Uh, people get all this gold and silver from where, where did they get all this immense wealth? So mm-hmm. you, you have to wonder, was there that much trade among the Arabs and uh, the Edomites going on? Or is this maybe wealth brought back by the Phoenicians who were primarily Israelite sailors in league with some of these Canaanites, right? So maybe that's where all this wealth had come from. So where did the Ammonites get all this wealth from? You know, I, I thought they were a, a suppressed people at this point. Uh, it's very interesting. Okay, back to you. Verse 10. Now when Joab saw that the battle was set against him before and behind, he chose out of all the choice of Israel and put them in array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he delivered unto the hand of Abishai, his brother. And they set themselves in array against the children of Ammon. And he said, if the Syrians be too strong for me, then thou shalt help me. But if the children of Ammon be too strong for thee, then I will help thee. 
Be of good courage and let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people and for the cities of our God. And let Yahweh do that which is good in his sight. So Joab and the people that were with him drew nigh before the Syrians unto the battle, and they fled before him. And when the children of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fled, they likewise fled before Abishai, his brother, and entered into the city. Then Joab came to Jerusalem. And when the Syrians saw that they were put to the worst before Israel, they sent messengers and drew forth the Syrians that were beyond the river. And Shophak, the captain of the host of Hadarezer, went before them. And it was told David, and he gathered all Israel, and passed over Jordan, and came upon them, and set the battle in array against them. So when David had put the battle in array against the Syrians, they fought with him. But the Syrians fled before Israel, and David slew of the Syrians 7,000 men which fought in chariots, and 40,000 footmen, and killed Shophak, the captain of the host. And when the servants of Hadarezer saw that they were put to the worst before Israel, they made peace with David and became his servants. Neither would the Syrians help the children of Ammon any more. All right. Very good. <laughs> All right. So it shows the difference uh, between the Canaanites, who were the carriers of the Kenite bloodline, through Nachash when he seduced Eve, and the enmity between those two bloodlines clearly stated, uh, it's proof that the Assyrians, Syrians with a capital S, were being Aramaeans are of the bloodline of Shem, even though we have internecine warfare with them, the Israelites were not ordered to exterminate them like they were ordered to exterminate the Canaanites, okay? So you have to keep these distinctions in mind. The Judeo-Christian ministry does not get into this at all. They're kind of ashamed that Yahweh instructed the Israelites to exterminate all those poor Canaanites. Oh, man, how could he do such a thing? That evil God, Yahweh. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they, that's what they believe. All right, mm-hmm. back to you. Chapter 20. And it came to pass that after the year was expired... At the time that kings go out to battle, Joab led forth the power of the army and wasted the country of the children of Ammon and came and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried at Jerusalem and Joab smote Rabbah and destroyed it. Okay, that's very important information here. At the time that kings go out to battle, because there were no battles during the wintertime. So you have to take that into consideration and understand that that whole area, Palestine, and of course even the Arabian Desert, it was cold in the winter months, uh, and it was hard to procure food at that time. So they didn't go to war during the winter time. They planned their wars to, for for spring, when they knew there would be a harvest and they could ransack the countryside for food for their troops. So there were no battles in the winter time. I don't think. You know, unless there was a, a really serious crisis, because there's only one time I'm aware of, and I think we covered this earlier, that the Egyptians actually invaded uh, Palestine in the wintertime. But of course, Egypt is always hot compared to Palestine. But it was very rare for any invading army to go north into Mesopotamia during the wintertime because the provisions were simply not there. Back to you. It just goes to show how expensive wars are. Oh, yeah, right. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, you have to. How much provision can you carry with yourself, right? And this mm-hmm. is what this is what the uh, Muslims did too. They only invaded northward in the uh, spring through fall. They didn't invade in the winter time because they knew there wouldn't be any food or very little food. Okay. Mm-hmm. Verse two, <clears throat> and David took the crown of their king from off his head, and found it to weigh a talent of gold, and there were precious stones in it. And it was set upon David's head, and he brought also exceeding much spoil out of the city. And he brought out of the, and he brought out the people that were in it, and cut them with saws, and with harrows of iron, and with axes. Even so dealt David with all the ch- cities of the children of Ammon. And David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Okay, that's pretty rough. <laughs> that's pretty rough. Yeah, it's yeah. really rough, folks. But uh, they they were the enemies of Yahweh. All right, uh, you know it, it's not going to be any better when the second coming. All right, his vesture will be dipped in blood, and he'll have a sword, and he's going to cut people asunder. It's not going to be pretty, folks. All right, verse four, and it came to pass after this that there arose war at Gezer with the Philistines, at which time Sibachai, the Hushathite, slew Sippai, that was of the children of the giant, and they were subdued. And there was war again with the Philistines, and Elhanan, the son of Jair, slew Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, whose spear staff was like a weaver's beam. And yet again there was war at Gath, where was a man of great stature, whose fingers and toes were four and twenty, six on each hand and six on each foot. And he also was the son of the giant. But when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, slew him. These were born unto the giant in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Okay, constant warfare. Constant warfare. Yeah. But has it been any different in the 20th century? Not really. <laughs> no, no. And it won't be any different until the Judgment Day. Okay. What do we have? World War One, World War Two, the Korean yeah. War, the Vietnam War, the yeah, the Cold War. I mean, it's just been one yeah. thing after another. Yeah. Well, we had uh, what? Uh, Clinton invaded. Uh, uh, well, Somalia he invaded Somalia too, but uh, in in Europe, the the uh, who was it? The uh, the Bosnian Wars. Okay. Yugoslavia, Bosnia, yeah. Yeah, okay. So we've had constant warfare. Constant. Mm -hmm. Never never ending. Okay. Chapter 21. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, Yahweh make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my but my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why then does my lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? Nevertheless, the king's words prevailed against Joab. Wherefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. And Joab gave the sum of the number of the people unto David. And all they of Israel were a thousand, thousand, and a hundred thousand men that drew sword. 
and Judah was 400 threescore and 10,000 men that drew sword. But Levi and Benjamin counted he not among them, for the king's word was abominable to Joab. And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly, because I have done this thing. But now, I beseech thee, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And Yahweh spake unto Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith Yahweh, I offer these, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and said unto him, Thus saith Yahweh, Choose thee, either three years famine, or three months to be destroyed before thy foes, while that the sword of thine enemies overtake thee, or else three days the sword of Yahweh, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of Yahweh destroying throughout all the coasts of Israel. Now therefore advise thyself what word I shall bring again to him that sent me. Okay, it's <clears> obvious <throat> that uh, David was uh, struck with a fit of pride. He wanted to know how many millions of people were under his command, right? Mm-hmm. That was obviously his motivation. I mean, I can't say for sure, but that's pretty obvious what was going on. And so look at what happened when when our kings are... F- oh, by the way, didn't uh, Charles III say he's going to destroy the Anglican Church? Wow. Wow. Talk about a fit of pride. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's a Freemason. So, folks, mm-hmm. all the signs are there that Israel is getting ready to be judged yet again one final time. So we better get ourselves ready for this last judgment. Okay, back to you. Interesting here. He's letting him pick his punishment. He right. Free choice. <clears throat> yeah, I think I would take the famine because we could prepare for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, three months yep. of three years of famine. Okay. Let's see all what right, he picks. Verse 13. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great <laughs> strait. Let me fall now into the hand of Yahweh, for very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of man. So Yahweh sent pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel 70,000 men. And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, Yahweh beheld, and who he repented him of the evil, and said to the angel that destroyed it is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of Yahweh stood by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of Yahweh stand between the earth and the heaven, having a strong sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their faces. And David said unto God, Is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I, it is, that have sinned and have, and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Yahweh my God, be on me and on my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. I think we need to invest in sackcloth. <laughs> All, right. All right. Oh, okay. When that avenging angel comes... Oh, this guy's wearing sackcloth. He's okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Verse 18. 18. Yeah. Then the angel of Yahweh commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up 
and set up an altar unto Yahweh in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spake in the name of Yahweh. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel, and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar therein unto Yahweh. Thou shalt grant it me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. And King David said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for Yahweh, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. So David gave to Ornan for the place six hundred shekels of gold by weight. And David built there an altar unto Yahweh, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings, and called upon Yahweh. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. And Yahweh commanded the angel, and he put up his sword again into the sheath thereof. At that time when David saw that Yahweh had answered him in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, then he sacrificed there. For the tabernacle of Yahweh, which Moses made in the wilderness, and the altar of the burnt offering, were at that season in the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, for he was afraid because of the sword of the angel of Yahweh. Okay, there's those Gibeonites again, <laughs> right? Is it the Gibeonites themselves that are causing the problem? Well, there's a high place there, right? Who put mm -hmm. it there? It may have been, but actually one of the uh, Judahite kings may have put it there. Hard to say. Okay. All right, chapter 22. 22. Then David said, This is the house of Yahweh God, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel. And he set masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors of the gates, and for the joinings, and brass in abundance without weight. And cedar trees in abundance for the Zidonians and they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender. And the house that is to be builded for Yahweh must be exceeding magnif magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Okay, so it he says here the strangers in verse 2 are ger. So they're strangers of our own race, okay? It's quite possible here, and the Zidonians are mentioned as well, and from other chapters we find out that uh, Hiram, the uh, Zidonian, uh, was a Yahweh believer. So it's quite possible that uh, Tyre and Sidon were occupied by the Israelites and uh, before they became uh, heathenized, before they became paganized. Okay, And so this is the time frame in which Phoenicia was founded. It can't be any earlier than this time period, okay? Because you know, as uh, most of the 
secular commentators state, which is absolutely wrong, that Hebrew is like a branch of Phoenician. No, it can't possibly be, because the Hebrews preceded the Phoenicians by hundreds, if not thousands of years. Okay, Now, this is the time frame we're talking when uh, the Zidonians were probably still faithful Israelites, or they may be on the cusp of changing their religion from Yahweh's religion to you know, uh, heathenism. But nevertheless, Hiram, king of Tyre, was a Yahweh believer and working with Solomon. So that this is around the time when that change was taking place. And actually, uh, Jezebel, who was a total pagan, uh, was the daughter of one, I think, Hiram's successor. All right, back to you. So Jezebel was one of our people. She may have been. I really think she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But she, you know, just like, uh, j- just like we've had evil white women throughout history, right? Oh Je- yeah, yeah. Uh, Je- evil's not limited to the other races. For That's sure. right. I mean, yeah, and it's Plenty. worse when it's among our people too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because they become traitors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Verse six. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for Yahweh God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, "My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house unto the name of Yahweh my God. But the word of Yahweh came to me saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly." And has made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee, who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies round about. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, Yahweh be with thee, and prosper thou, and build the house of Yahweh thy God, as he has said of thee. Only Yahweh give thee wisdom and understanding, and give thee charge concerning Israel, that thou mayest keep the law of Yahweh thy God. Then shalt thou prosper, if thou take heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which which Yahweh charged Moses with concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage. Dread not, nor be dismayed. Now, behold, in my trouble I have prepared for the house of Yahweh a hundred thousand talents of gold, and a thousand talents of silver, and of brass and iron without weight. That's a thousand thousand. There's two thousands in there. Ah, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, a right. Thousand. Yes, yeah. That's like a million, folks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of silver. That is a lot of silver. Man. Yeah. Okay. And of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance. Timber also and stone have I prepared, and thou mayest add thereto. Moreover, there are workmen with thee in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber, and all manner of cunning men for every manner of work. Of the gold, the silver, and the brass and the iron, there is no number. Arise, therefore, and be doing, and Yahweh be with thee. David also commanded all the princes of Israel to help Solomon his son, saying, Is not Yahweh your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before Yahweh, 
and before his people. Now set your heart and your soul to seek Yahweh your God. Arise, therefore, and build ye the sanctuary of Yahweh God, to bring the ark of the covenant of Yahweh and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built to the name of Yahweh. End of chapter 22. Okay, moving right along. Three. Yeah. So when David was old and full of days, he made Solomon his son king over Israel. And he gathered together all the princes of Israel with the priests and the Levites. Now the Levites were numbered from the age of 30 years and upward. And their number by their poles, man by man, was 30 and 8,000, of which 20 and 4,000 were set to forward the work of the house of Yahweh, and 6,000 were officers and judges. Moreover, 4,000 were porters, and 4,000 praised Yahweh with the instruments which I made, said David, to praise therewith. And David divided them into courses among the sons of Levi, namely Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Of the Gershonites were Laadan and Shimi. The sons of Laadan, the chief, was Jehiel and Zethan and Joel, three. The sons of Shimi, Shelemith, and Haziel and Haran, three. These were the chief of the fathers of Laadan. And the sons of Shimi were Jahath, Zena, and Jeush, and Bariah. These four were the sons of Shimi. And Jahath was the chief and Ziza the second. But Jeush and Bariah had not many sons. Therefore, they were in one reckoning, according to their father's house. The sons of Kohath, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel, four. The sons of Amram, Aaron, and Moses. And Aaron was separated that he should sanctify the most holy things, he and his sons forever, to burn incense before Yahweh, to minister unto him, and to bless in his name forever. Now concerning Moses, the man of God, his sons were named of the tribe of Levi. The sons of Moses were Gershom and Eleazar. Of the sons of Gershom, Shebuel was the chief. And the sons of Eleazar were Rehabiah the chief. And, ah- and Eliezer had none other sons, but the sons of Rehabiah were very many. Of the sons of Izhar, Shelemith the chief. Of the sons of Hebron, Jeriah the first, Amariah the second, Jehaziel the third, and Jechamim the fourth. Of the sons of Uziel, Micah the first, and Josiah the second. The sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi. The sons of Mali, Eleazar, and Kish. And Eleazar died and had no sons but daughters. And their brethren, the sons of Kish, took them. The sons of Mushi, Mali, and Eder, and Jeremoth, three. These were the sons of Levi after the house of their fathers. Even the chief of the fathers, as they were counted by a number of names by their poles, that did the work for the service of the house of Yahweh from the age of twenty years and upward. For David said, Yahweh God of Israel has given rest unto his people, that they may dwell in Jerusalem forever. And also unto the Levites, they shall no more carry the tabernacle, nor any vessels of it for the service thereof. For by the last words of David, the Levites were numbered from 20 years old and above, because their office was to wait on the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of Yahweh, 
in the courts and in the chambers and in the purifying of all holy things and the work of the service of the house of God, both for the showbread and for the fine flour for meat offering and for the unleavened cakes and for that which is baked in the pan and for that which is fried and for all manner of measure and size and to stand every morning to thank and praise Yahweh and likewise at even and to offer all burnt sacrifices unto Yahweh in the Sabbaths, in the new moons, and on the set feasts, by number, according to the order commanded unto them, continually before Yahweh, and that they should keep the charge of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the charge of the holy place, and the charge of the sons of Aaron, their brethren, in the service of the house of Yahweh. Okay, all right, that verse 31 where it's translated new moons, that's Kodesh. And the word Kodesh simply means renewal. So it means a new month. Uh, the word, the Hebrew word for moon is Yarach. It's a completely different word. All right, back to you. All right, moving along to chapter 24. Now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. The sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no children. Therefore, Eleazar and Ithamar executed the priest's office. And David distributed them, both Zadok of the sons of Eleazar and Ahimelech the sons of, of the sons of Ithamar, according to their offices in their service. And there were more chief men found of the sons of Eleazar than of the sons of Ithamar, and thus they were, divi- were they divided. Among the sons of Eleazar, there were 16 chief men of the house of their fathers and eight among the sons of Ithamar, according to the house of their fathers. Thus were they divided by lot, one sort with another, for the governors of the sanctuary and governors of the house of God were of the sons of Eleazar and of the sons of Ithamar. And Shemaiah, the son of Nethaneel, the scribe, one of the Levites, wrote them before the king and the princes and Zadok, the priest, and Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, and before the chief of the fathers of the priests and Levites, one principal household being taken for Eleazar and one taken, taken for Ithamar. Now the first lot came forth to Jehoiarib, the second to, Je- to Jediah, the third to Haram, the fourth to Seorim, the fifth to Malkajah, the sixth to Majamin, the seventh to Hakaz, the eighth to Abiah, the ninth to Jeshua, the tenth to Shechaniah, the eleventh to Eliashib, the twelfth to Jacob, the thirteenth to, H- to Hupa, the fourteenth to Jeshabiab, the fifteenth to Bilgah, the sixteenth to Immer, the seventeenth to Hezer, the eighteenth to Aphsis, the nineteenth to Pethel, nineteenth to Pethahiah, the twentieth to Je- Jehezekiel, the one and twentieth to Jacob, and the two and twentieth to Gamul, the three and twentieth to Deliah, and the four and twentieth to Maaziah. These were the orderings of them in their service to come into the house of Yahweh according to their manner and Aaron, their father, as the Yahweh God of Israel had commanded him. And the rest of the sons of Levi were these, of the sons of Amram, Shubael, of the sons of Shubael, Jediah. Concerning Rehabiah, 
of the sons of Rehabiah. The first was Ishiah of the Isharites, Shelemoth of the sons of Shelemoth, Jahath, and the sons of Hebron, Jariah the first, Amariah the second, Jehaziel the third, Jachamim the fourth, of the sons of Uziel, Micah, of the sons of Micah, Shamir. The brother of Micah was Ishiah, of the sons of Ishiah, Zechariah. The sons of Merari were Mali and Mushi, the sons of Jeaziah, Bino. The sons of Merari by Jeaziah, Bino, and Shoham, and Zachar, and Ibri. Of Mali came Eleazar, who had no sons. Concerning Kish, the son of Kish was Jeremiel. The sons also of Mushi, Mali, and Eder, and Jeremoth. These were the sons of the Levites after the house of their fathers. These likewise cast lots over against their brethren, the sons of Aaron, in the presence of David the king, and Zadok, and Ahimelech, and the chief of the fathers of the priests and Levites, even the principal fathers over against their younger brethren. Okay, so in the middle of this chapter, this is First Chronicles chapter 24, we are given the 24 courses of priests that served in the temple. And those courses still existed in the days of Messiah, although they had to be reconstituted after the return from the Babylonian captivity. And it's because we know that uh, Zechariah, the father of John, served in a particular course that we know almost precisely, well, we know to the month at least, when John the Baptist was born in the spring. And then we're told that uh, Yahshua was born six months later, so we know he was born in the fall. And so we can calculate, you know, the, the feast days uh, from there as well. All right, so but we know he was born in the fall, not on December 25th. <laughs> okay, all right, chapter 25. Chapter 25. <clears throat> Moreover, David and the captains of the host separated to the service of the sons of Asaph and of Heman, and of Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries, and with cymbals. And the number of the workmen, according to their service, was of the sons of Asaph, Zachur, and Joseph, and Nethaniah, and Asarela, the sons of Asaph, under the hands of Asaph, which prophesied according to the order of the king. Of Jeduthun, the sons of Jeduthun, Gedaliah, and Zeri, and Jeshiah, and Hashabiah, and Mattathiah, six, under the hands of their father, Jeduthun, who prophesied with a harp to give thanks and to praise Yahweh. Of Heman, the sons of Heman, Bukiah, Madaniah, Uziel, Shebuel, and Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliatha, Gedalti, and Romantezer, Jabisha, Malothi, Hother and Mehaziah. All of these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer, the king's seer in the words of God, to lift up the horn. And God gave to Heman fourteen sons and three daughters. All of these were under the hands of their father for song in the house of Yahweh, with cymbals, psalteries, and harps, for the service of the house of God, according to the king's order to Asaph. Jeduthun and Heman. So the number of them 
with their brethren that were instructed in the songs of Yahweh, even all that were cunning, was two hundred four score and eight. And they cast lots, ward against ward, as well as the small against as the small as the great, the teacher as the scholar. Now the first lot came forth for Asaph to Joseph, the second to Gedaliah, who was with his brethren and sons were twelve. The third to Zachar, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The fourth to Isri, he and his sons and brethren, his brethren were twelve. The fifth to Nethaniah, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The sixth to Bukiah, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The seventh to Jesharila, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The eighth to Jeshiah, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The ninth to Madaniah, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The tenth to Shimi, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The eleventh to Azareel, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The twelfth to Hashabiah, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The thirteenth to Shubael, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The fourteenth to Mattathiah, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The fifteenth to Jeremoth, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The sixteenth to Hananiah, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The seventeenth to Joshbekasha, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The eighteenth to Hanani, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The nineteenth to Malothi, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The twentieth to Eliatha, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The one and twentieth to Hother, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The two and twentieth to Gedalti, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The three and twentieth to Mahaziath, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. The four and twentieth to Roman Teaser, he, his sons, and his brethren were twelve. Okay, so we have the twenty-four courses enunciated yet again. So it's very, mm-hmm. a very important office created by David. Okay. Now, after the return from the Babylonian captivity, uh, I'm wondering if they actually found somebody. Well, they did check the uh, genealogical records of the people when they came back from Babylon. So I'm wondering if they found at least one descendant from all of these 24 courses to pick up the torch and carry on. It's quite probable that they did, because there were were 42,000 returnees. So it's quite possible out of 42,000 returnees, they would have found at least one from each of these uh, lines of descent. Okay? So very probable, I would think. All right, back to you. Chapter 26, the visions of the gatekeepers. Concerning the divisions of the porters, of the Korhites was Meshelamiah, the son of Kor, of the sons of Asaph. And the sons of Meshelamiah were Zechariah the firstborn, Jediel the second, Zebediah the third, Jathniel the fourth, Elam the fifth, Johanan the sixth, Elioenai the seventh. Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom were Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad the second, Joah the third, Sakar the fourth, 
Nethaniel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar the seventh, Puthai the eighth, for God blessed him. Also, Shemaiah, his son, were sons born that ruled throughout the house of their father, for they were mighty men of valor. The sons of Shemaiah, Othni and Raphael and Obed, Elzabad, whose brethren were strong men, Elihu and Semachiah. Of these, all these, the sons of Obed-Edom, they and their sons and their brethren, able men for strength for the service, were threescore and two of Obed-Edom. And Meshelamiah had sons and brethren, strong men, 18. Also, Hosa of the children of Merari had sons, Simri the chief, for though he was not the firstborn, yet his father made him the chief, Hilkiah the second, Tebaliah the third, Zechariah the fourth, all the sons and brethren of Hosa were 13. Among these were the divisions of the porters, even among the chief men having wards one against another, to minister in the house of Yahweh. And they cast lots, as well as the, as well the small as the great, according to the house of their fathers for every gate. And the lot eastward fell to Shelemiah. Then for Zechariah his son, a wise counselor, they cast lots, and his lot came out northward. To Obed-Edom southward, and to his sons the house of Asupim, to Shupim and Hosa, the lot came forth westward, with the gate Shelekath, by the causeway of the going up, ward against ward. Eastward were six Levites, northward four a day, southward four a day, and toward Asapim, two and two. At Parbar, westward, four at the causeway, and two at Parbar. These are the divisions of the porters among the sons of Kor, and among the sons of Merari. And of the Levites, Ahiah was over the treasures of the house of God and over the treasures of the dedicated things. As concerning the sons of Laadan, the sons of Gershonite, of the Gershonite Laadan, chief fathers, even of Laadan, the Gershonite, were Jeheli. The sons of Jeheli, Zetham, and Joel, his brother, which were over the treasures of the house of Yahweh. Of the Amramites and the Izhar. Ishar Israelites and Hebronites and the Uzielites. And Shebuel, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses, was ruler of the treasures. And by his brethren, and his brethren by Eleazar, Rehabiah his son, and Jeshiah his son, and Joram his son, and Zikri his son, and Shelemith his son, which Shelemith and his brethren were over all the treasuries of the dedicated things which David the king and the chief fathers, the captains over thousands and hundreds, and the captains of the host had dedicated. Out of the spoils won in battles did they dedicate to maintain the house of Yahweh. And all that Samuel the seer, the Saul, and Saul the son of Kish, and Abner the son of Ner, and Joab the son of Zariah had dedicated. And whosoever had dedicated anything, it was under the hand of Shelemith and of his brethren. Of the Israelites, Israelites, Chenaniah and his sons were for the outward business over Israel, for officers and judges. And of the Hebronites, Hashabiah and his brethren, men of valor, a thousand and seven hundred, 
were officers among them of Israel on this side, Jordan, westward, in all the business of Yahweh and in the service of the king. Among the Hebronites was Jerijah the chief, even among the Hebronites, according to the generations of his fathers. In the fortieth year of the reign of David, they they were sought for, and there were found among them mighty men of valor at Jazer of Gilead. And his brethren, men of valor, were two thousand and seven hundred chief fathers, whom King David made rulers over the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, for every matter pertaining to God and affairs of the king. All right, very good. So uh, we have a a listing of the 24 courses, and I'm looking at uh, chapter 27. It's got 34 verses. I don't think we can... uh, do those today. We only have about five minutes left, and uh, I don't think we should rush through them either. So we have uh, all of this documentation of the 24 courses, the genealogies of all of the priests. Focus, folks, the genealogies are extremely important to Israel, right? All of these modern uh, naysayers that say the genealogies are not important Number one, they don't understand when Paul is talking about genealogies and uh, you know dissing them. He's not talking about Israelite genealogies. He was talking about the so-called genealogies of the Greek gods, okay, which were picked up by the Israelites of the Hellenistic dispersion, okay. It's those people, uh, their genealogies that Paul is talking about in a couple of places in the New Testament. Also, look at all the treasure that is being talked about, all the money, the gold, the silver, you know, cattle, what have you. But there's not a single mention of a money-lending institution, Dan. Not a single... There's not? No. There's nothing about money-lending. There is no bank. The Israelites had no bank. They didn't need a bank. They had so much wealth, you know, that uh, they had plenty to go around. Everybody was prospering. Yeah, so, isn't it amazing? I mean, like you said earlier, all the gold and silver, there was so much of it around. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was lying in the streets practically, right? Yeah. So uh, who needs money lenders? Yeah. Yeah, so where did these money lenders come from? We know that the Jews have always been money lenders. All the way mm-hmm. going back to Egypt, the proto-Jews who were, what, they had the temples in Egypt, where which were in fact houses of prostitution. They collected shekels or of gold coins from the caravans that passed from Egypt all the way back to, uh, probably all the way to China, right? And got silk and who knows what else from China and brought it back to Egypt through Jerusalem. Jerusalem was one of the major stopping-off points for these caravans. So they didn't need any bankers. They didn't need any money lenders. So where did the money lenders of the New Testament come from? Well, we found out that, it's it's to come yet, that when the uh, Israelites of the ten northern tribes were taken captive, we're getting ready to go over this history real shortly, the, the Assyrians imported Babylonians from the region of Sepharvaim. These were more than likely the Jewish bankers, the proto-Jewish bankers, who uh, were combined with the Edomites, 
who made war with the Edomites and the Sepharvim against the Israelites and the Judahites of Jerusalem, and even fought against the returning Judahites from the Babylonian captivity. These are the people who brought money lending into Judea. Okay? You find that they were money lenders at the edge of the temple, and you know who took a whip and drove those money lenders out. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no evidence in Scripture that Judah had a money lending institution. They didn't. And not. do you know that? Well, I know you you know this that interest or usury is actually punishable by death. Right. In the Bible. Yes. Amen. It's even punishable by our Constitution. There's a death clause for anybody who makes anything other than gold or silver the uh, you know money of the land, right? I mean, we can mm-hmm. we can barter and we can do all kinds. Of, we can write each other checks, but the government is only supposed to have gold and silver as the monetary system of the country, right? So mm-hmm. our country follows biblical law. Money lending is of the Jew not of Israel and Judah. That's very important to understand. That's another one of the marks of Israel, the distinguishing marks of our people versus the Jews. All right? I mean, if you wanted to, you know, uh, we have what, uh, in my article on the marks of Israel, I think I did 20, 20 marks of distinguishing marks between us and the Jews. There's, there's probably over 100. If you really read the Bible carefully, you know, what's the distinctions between Jews and our people? That's one of them. We had no bank. Banking is a Jewish operation. Okay. All right, Daniel. Very good. All right. And uh, we'll be back next week, folks. Again, no Voice of Christian Israel tomorrow, but we'll have Restoration Hour and Bloodlines tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. Thank you, Dan. Thank bye-bye, you. Bye, folks. All Enjoyed right. It. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye.